0: No, verse 26, it says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So people are anticipating at some point in my lifetime, this Christ is going to show up. This baby is going to be born. He's going to be the Savior of the world. The moment of birth was a time that was prophesied, and it's a time that has finally arrived. So what does this birth mean, right? Right. The birth of Jesus means a lot of different things or a couple of different things. Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 14. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night, so that the angels showed up to the shepherds who were out in this out watching their sheep, and they say, this is kind of what this birth means, and so we're going to catch up with this. It says, "...an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger." Verse 13 says suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So the first thing that we see is that this is good news for everyone. Now, if you think about generally what happens with good news is it's localized to a specific group of people for a specific location, a specific time. I think about the cowboys. When they win a football game, they finally win. Who gets excited? Cowboy fans, right? And they're 8-4, so I can't say they finally win. Seattle is the opposite. They're 4-8. So we get excited when the Seahawks finally win. But that's localized. Nobody gets excited about the Cowboys except the Cowboy fans or the Viking fans when they win on Thursday night. Or the Green Bay Packers. Nobody gets excited about those, except for, the, except for the fans of those teams. But this good news wasn't just for the Cowboy fans. It wasn't just for the Viking fans. This good news was for everybody. Across all time, across all races, across everything, this was good news for everybody. And it relates to the good news about Jesus Christ coming to this earth as the Savior of the world. That is good news for everybody. This good news was only possible because it was Jesus. You know, babies come, are born every day. Every baby that is born is a miracle, right? But they happen every single day, just human birth every day. The thing that makes this special is because this was God in the flesh who came down to earth. Not just another baby like me. When I was born, uh, uh, something very special, it says in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. That word, Word, is another name for Jesus. And Jesus was God, and He came down to the earth. It says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Jesus came down to earth as a human baby to go through all of life, what we go through, to ultimately die on the cross. But Jesus is that good news that He came to be the Savior of the world. And this is good news for everybody, for uh, for the Jew, for the Gentile, for the outcast, for the people of prestige, for the people who have all the wealth, for the people who are panhandling on the corner. This is good news for everybody. God chose the nation of Israel to be His tool through which to bring this good news, but it was not just for them. It was supposed to be for everybody. Genesis twelve three is a word is a, a verse that gives us. A prophecy about this God's talking to Abraham says I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you not just through the, the natural descendant line of Abraham but because ultimately it was going to get to Jesus and it was going to get going and it was going to be for the salvation of everybody who would believe so it's good news for everybody In Luke chapter 2, I just read about Simeon, who had said he was was supposed to see the Lord's Christ before he died, says the same thing in 29. says, Sovereign Lord, you have promised. You now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. Verse 32 says, a light of revelation to the Gentiles uh, for the glory of your people Israel. Yes, the Is- Israel was the nation that God chose to have the line of Jesus come, but it wasn't just to the nation of Israel. It was to everybody. That's why we have good news for all. Across all race, all ethnicity, everything that you can think of as a differing uh, Opposite, right? Polar opposite: male, female, slave, free. The good news is for everybody. I think it's cool, and I guess probably pointed out every year when when Jesus was born. uh, When we look at Christmas, we talk about the shepherds and how they were that the exact opposite of the popular people these people were the the people who were some of the lowliest people they were the ceremonially unclean they were the social outcasts and the angels came to them and shared the good news about jesus with them to, to share with the rest of the world so this this birth of jesus uh was good news for everyone Right? I think we all understand that the birth of Jesus gives us a potential for salvation if we put our trust in Jesus as our Savior, but it also meant something else. It also meant glory to God. It meant glory to God. Um, Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. It, this birth of Jesus, the announcement of it, the fulfillment of it, from that point on, was glory to God in the highest. To the highest heavens, across the universe, uh, through every vein of creation, God was receiving glory at the moment of Jesus's birth. The angels were saying it. That the, I think creation was screaming it. That this this night is finally taking place, and Jesus has been born. And, and God is receiving glory. And God's going to receive glory. When we talk about Christmas, when we say the true meaning of Christmas is Jesus, when, uh, throughout eternity, the angels are going to be praising God and giving him glory. So from that point on, there was glory to God in the highest everywhere. But it also says that there is peace with men. The birth of Jesus brought glory to God, but it brought peace with us. And Romans 5.1. Uh, it talks about how we have peace with God. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize what you were before Jesus? You were an enemy, right? Think about two sides of a war. They're they're both fighting each other, trying to win. You know what they want more than anything? Most people in a battle, if a conflict, if I'm arguing with my wife, if there's kids fighting at school, if there's nations fighting against each other. What people really want is peace, and we can't have peace with God because we are sinners that peace with god is only possible through jesus christ his shed blood on the cross makes it possible it makes things right between me and god and so that i have salvation and jesus looks through or god looks through jesus and says josh has peace with me because he's put his trust in jesus as as a savior so through the, the birth of jesus there's glory to god but there's peace between man and god but there's also more peace. There's a lot more peace that we have to, to be able to experience because of Jesus. It says in John 14, 27, Jesus tells his disciples before he leaves, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I give you peace that the world doesn't give. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. The, the, the kind of peace the world can give is temporary. It's based off of situations. You know, once when, I, when I'm getting along with Leslie and everything's going good, or when I, when I put my thumb down and she obeys everything I say, we have peace. But when she kicks against that, the peace goes by the wayside. Just kidding. But that, that's, you get the idea. Um, but it's a temporary kind of peace. God wants you to have peace that's everlasting. That doesn't depend on the situation that you're in. It says in Philippians 4, 6-7, God wants to make a little trade with you. He's getting the rough end of the deal. You're getting the, the good end of the deal. He said, do not be anxious, but in everything by a prayer petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. You give God your worries. And he says, I'll give you peace that passes all understanding. We made this trade. He wants to keep it. You, I'll take your, your stress. I'll keep your peace. But the only problem is we go like this. We give that peace back and we trade it back. But God is not ever going to do that. He says, I'll keep your problems if you take my peace. And so we have peace possible because of Jesus, because of the confidence and the hope we have in him. We have peace. We can have peace in spite of what is going on in our world around us, in our health situations, in our job situations, in our family situations. We can have that peace. So Jesus's birth was glory to God and it was peace for us. The glory and the praise that he deserves is for us to give to him. So we saw very quickly the moment of Jesus' birth, right? We, we saw it took place in Bethlehem. Jesus was placed in a manger because there was no room for them in that great big box loaded with all these other people. We saw that Simeon was looking forward to this. Uh, most people maybe didn't care, but Simeon was. He finally got to meet Jesus when he was only eight days old. And now we're going to see the sharing of Jesus' birth. And this is where it means a lot to us in this room. So, first of all, we have uh, the next slide uh, the sharing of Jesus' birth. Let me read verses 16 through 18. It says. Uh, Verse 15, let me start there. It says, When the angels had left them, had left the shepherds, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So first of all, the shepherds, they go and check this out, right? They get this amazing experience. The angels come and talk to them, scare them out of their skins and say, it's okay. Glory to God in the highest. Uh, and they, they, they say, go and find this baby that's lying in a manger and you can, you can do it. So the, the shepherds go and they check this out. They see it for themselves, but then they shared what they were told. What was it that the shepherd, the angels told the shepherds? Verse 10 through 12, it says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. the The angels are telling the shepherds, we are bringing you good news. Verse 11, we find out what that good news is. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the shepherds, they check this out. The shepherds, once they saw baby Jesus, they shared with other people what they were just told, and they shared what they saw. And think about how hard that would really be. right? If, if, if you're going to go out and share good news with anybody, If if nobody else can back it up except for a few other shepherds, that's going to be kind of difficult. They saw angels, right? They're excited about that. They want to tell people. They saw a baby in a manger that's supposedly Christ the Lord, and I'm sure they want to do that. They want to let people know. But what are these guys? They're the outcast. They're the lowly people. They're they're living out with sheep, right? They're not trained speakers. They don't get up on every Sunday and, and talk to people. They're not used to to discussing anything with people i'm sure they they talk to the sheep and the sheep don't complain the sheep don't talk back you know if if i worked with cows guess what i would do i would talk to the cows you can tell them anything you stupid animal uh you can tell them your dreams you can tell them anything and it's not going to matter talking to people all of a sudden what these uh shepherds are told to do is a big task right they are i don't think they're prepared for this they're going to give it their best shot but it's not something that's going to come natural to them but they're going to do it anyway and they did what the best that they could okay you go first you knock on that door and you tell them and we'll see how it goes right you say uh the angels and there was a baby that was born there's christ the lord and the people are like wait a second what is going on here it says the people were amazed And I hope they were so amazed that they went to check it out. But just think about that situation of, are these people going to believe that I saw an angel? How can I prove that? Are they going to believe that I saw a baby that was born and that this baby is actually going to do something? You know, that takes a lot of guts to go and do that. But that's what they did. And they said, they told the people, this is what the baby's going to do. Now, everybody here has held a newborn baby or something close to that. What can a newborn baby do? Nothing, right? They can't even lift up their head. They're completely helpless. They can't talk, and Jesus was no different. He didn't say, okay, Mary, I'll take it from here. I'm gonna put my own clothes on. I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to talk to people. He did nothing. He just laid there like a cute little baby, silent night, didn't cry, right? That's what he did. Probably cried like every other baby. I'm hungry, I'm cold, I'm not happy with my situation. And the shepherds had to tell people what we saw and supposedly what this baby's going to do. That takes a lot of guts if you ask me, but that's what they did. And they shared that a Savior has been born who is Christ the Lord. You know, it's going to take thirty-three or 30 years before Jesus starts his ministry. That's a long time to be talking about what a baby's going to do that far into the future. But they did it and they shared it. The second thing they did was they gave glory to God. It says in verse 20, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the part where I... I, we, we got to really hang on to, right? We got to tell the good news, but we got to remember that the shepherds went home. They were telling all their sheep, right? Who else are they going to tell, right? They're telling their sheep. They're discussing amongst themselves. How cool is it that we just got to see the angels? Was that really true? Pinch me, right? And, and they're praising God and they're doing exactly what the angels were doing. They're giving God glory for, for what they heard and what they saw. They they gave him praise, They celebrating him uh, for for what they were allowed to hear. Being the first people who got to see baby Jesus, that was before everybody else, they got to witness something very, very special. They didn't let this opportunity go by. They said, right now, we are going to glorify and praise God because it was something that impacted their lives. They wanted it to impact other people's lives as well. So they opened up their mouths, they crawled right out of their comfort zones, and they went and they shared Jesus, and they gave God the glory. You know, Christmas is around the corner, right? One of these days, Lord willing, we're going to be enjoying Christmas. Some of you are going to be wearing that new Christmas PJs. You might think this is the most awesome thing. Some of you might be watching the uh, parade. Some of you might be like me who's eating these really delicious cinnamon rolls, right? Some of you are going to be eating prime rib. Now they're both good, I don't know. But Christmas is going to come and we are going to have the opportunity to go through our traditions and we're going to have the opportunity to enjoy Christmas and I want to encourage you, enjoy it. To the max, enjoy your families, enjoy your holidays. Um, Come up with new traditions, um, but enjoy it. And this, you know, this Christmas this year is is about like somewhere over 2000 years ago since it really happened. You know, some people go, oh, we've been celebrating Jesus for 2000 years. This is pretty old. You know, some people are like, I'm not that excited, but really what happened 2,000 years ago, that was predicted in the Old Testament 2,700 years ago, at least through Isaiah and Micah, is no less important now than it was then. Yes, obviously they got something cool. You know, I've never uh, witnessed a live birth except for a C-section, and I got pictures for it, and I'd love to show them. But I've never witnessed a life birth except for a calf one time. Um, But being there is obviously going to be better than hearing about it after the fact. So yes, they had a more real life experience with the Christmas story. But 2,000 years later, it's just as special because of what it means. It means salvation for mankind, good news for everybody, and it means an opportunity to give God's glory. This gift, you know, is of Jesus. is a gift that's available for everybody. You know, sometimes uh, they, have, they have Christmas shows, and uh, I say it called "Jingle All the Way." Has anybody seen that? It's a it's a little bit older movie. Uh, had Arnold Schwarzenegger in in it. There's a, a Turbo doll that's really popular, and people are in the stores and they're fighting over trying to get a ball so that they can get this doll because there's a limited number. Right, And the whole movie is based off of that, and Arnold Schwarzenegger turns out to be turbo man in the Christmas parade that somebody was watching that said that's what they did on Christmas Day. But there's a limited supply. Every year it seems like there's some goofy toy that there's a limit to, right? you got to wait till it comes out next year or later on and hope that next year you get that toy. But there is an unlimited supply of the, Christ, of the Christmas story, of the Christmas gift. Jesus, you're not going to run out of Jesus, right? He wants to give you salvation, and he wants to give you salvation, and he wants to give it to everybody around. He wants them to have salvation. It is an unlimited supply. Our job is to get out there and to share Jesus, to share the true meaning of Christmas with people, it's great if you know it for yourself. If you know the Christmas story for yourself, if you take the Christmas IQ test and you can ace it, which I got 18 out of 20. I should be acing. It. I've taken it like 10 times in my life, uh, but I didn't even ace it. But you can, you can have all the facts. You can believe it for yourself. And that's awesome, but you can't keep it to yourself. It's a gift you've got to share with other people, just like the shepherds did So I want to throw out three very simple ideas of what you can do to share Christmas with people this year. One, you can invite people to the Christmas Eve service. We are going to read through the Christmas story. We're going to have a short skit. We're going to have a short message. And we're going to have the world's famous Christmas sex. Right? It's going to be a wonderful time celebrating the birth of Jesus. You can send out Christmas cards with more than just season's greetings. You can say Merry Christmas and write something in there about Christmas think it's how blessed what a blessing it is to celebrate the birth of Jesus because that that kind of gets the ball rolling for for what the true Christmas story is or you can do the tough thing you can sit down with somebody get the hot cocoa together say hey look at this goofy Christmas ugly sweater I got uh, but I really want to tell you about Jesus and about the true meaning of Christmas and you can have that conversation with somebody whatever it takes do something to share the Christmas message with Jesus the angels proclaimed it to the shepherds, the shepherds took it around and shared it with everybody else, and it should come from our lips as well. You believe the story, and you, so you should share the story, and ultimately give God the glory for the story. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to be our good news, to be the Savior of the world so that we could have eternal life. I thank you, God, that there is an endless supply, that we don't have to go to the store and uh, search for it. We don't have to be good enough to receive it. All we got to do is ask you for it, God. I just pray that, please, we would truly believe the gospel with all our heart, that we need you to be our Savior because of the sin in our life, and that you will forgive us if we just ask you, and that we could have eternal life. I pray that, God, as the Christmas season gets closer, that we would be the people who open up our mouths and we share it with other people. As simple as an invite to a Christmas Eve service, as, as tough as it is to just sit with somebody and, and talk to them about you, I just pray that we would take that opportunity to share you. Uh, I just, God, I just am so excited for the Christmas season and thank you for what it means to us. And please let us be uh, able to share with other people and to give you glory in the process. And I just pray this in Jesus' name, amen.